0: I want you to take a second and ask yourself, what are all the reasons to why you could trust God with your life? Now, if you already trust God with your life, why? What are the reasons to why you trust him? Notice what pops up in your mind's eye. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to the skepticism as well. Like what's causing you not to trust God? What are those thoughts? That's also really important. Why are you not trusting God with your life, or what areas in your life are you struggling to trust God? Welcome back to the Liz Show. My name's Elizabeth Lewis. Please call me Liz. We are continuing forward. In the new series, How to Trust God and Accept His Protection and Security. Ultimately, we're talking about how to understand God's peace and protection. And today is part two. Again, on Tuesdays, I release shorter episodes, and I hope you are getting insight and value. By the way, please subscribe and leave a honest review. It really does mean a lot to me. And if you find these episodes informative, go ahead and share it to at least one person. It would mean a lot to me. You know, if I'm being honest, I'm just getting to a point in my life and in my walk with Christ where I finally feel bold enough to be like, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I talk a lot about Christianity and the Bible in my executive performance and therapy sessions. However, not everyone's going to know that. The reason to why I say not everyone's going to know that is because I'm not always very blunt about it. Sometimes I work with secular individuals, which is fine. I love working with everyone and I'm more subtle with it. But I will tell you in my seven plus years of studying the word of God in relation to psychology and neuroscience, the Bible is the best psychology book I have ever come across. And it is hilarious to me how accurate it is. Now, part one, we talked about how to trust God. Like, what is one step you need to do? And I talked about how you must get to know Him. You must build that relationship. And it's going to be similar to building the relationship you have with your partner, your best friend, your family, and so forth. You're going to need to spend time with God. And today I'm going to share 10 reasons to why you should trust God with your life. So let's start. Number one, right off of Jump Street, God is a sovereign God, he's a loving God, and he's absolutely worthy of your trust. The reason why is God has the power to give you, number one, the desires of your heart. Now, the desires you have today and the desires you might have as you walk further with Christ will change. God will change your heart if you allow him. In fact, anytime you pray, I encourage you to say, God, change my heart and let your will be done. Because at the end of the day, and I'm going to laugh here because God knows what you need and want way better than you do. I don't know if this resonates, but my goodness, there have been so many times where I was like, ooh, I want A, got A. I was like, oh my gosh, God save me. This is torture. I don't want it. So one thing I've learned is I have no idea what I want in life. None. Zip, zero. And I can be very confusing too, I feel like. Anywho, a second reason to why he's worthy of your trust is he also has the power to make plans come to pass. You could be a royal F up. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but Lord knows I have. You could make such terrible mistakes in your mind's eye and God can still redeem it all. God can still make the plans you desire come to pass. He loves to fool intellectual people. He loves to do the things that people say can't be done. Another reason is he's perfect and because he's perfect his plans will be perfect and they will satisfy your heart so deeply. It's amazing. I'm doing things today that are so satisfying that I never imagined I would do. Really choose to allow God to guide your steps. Also, he's powerful. At the end of the day, he has the final say. Nobody else has the final say but God. He's holy and he's righteous. He's so holy and righteous. In fact, he cares more about making you holy and righteous than giving you materialistic things which don't satisfy you the way you think they will. And Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So once again, if you feel like you're a royal f-up, and I've been there, some days I'm still there, understand that he can thread it all together. You know, I remember a few years ago when I had just finished undergrad, I got my bachelor's in art and television producing. I had gotten a job before I even graduated college, and I ended up turning it down because I didn't want to work in Hollywood anymore. I had been doing it for about 10 years at this point, and I was not interested in it. And I remember sitting with my pastor going like, how is God going to use me? because I was actually going to go get my master's in nutrition. And then I switched to positive psychology. Actually, I was doing two masters simultaneously on a quarter and semester schedule, and it was really absolutely confusing and frustrating. And so I dropped the master's in nutrition, and I kept the positive psychology. And I just remembered being so stressed out, like, God, how can you make this work? Like, I'm going to be a loser. I'm not going to make any money. I should just go live in a cardboard box, right? Like catastrophe after catastrophe. And today, with almost having two psychology graduate degrees, I use my bachelor's in television producing more today than I ever have because my company ultimately is a media company. I'm an educational company. I create online videos and podcasts and courses to teach people. And I know how to edit. I can do so much stuff because of what I spent a handful of years learning that i thought was never going to be redeemable. So remember, God can redeem all things. Now, <clears throat> now a second reason to why you should trust God is found in Hebrews 13:8. And it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. What this means is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, so the Trinity, will never change. Because they can never change, they can never lie. Man, how many times do you wish your spouse or your best friend could be like that? Never lie to you. Always be honest. Always have your back. That's God. You must understand that everything that God says in his word is a promise for you. Isn't that amazing? It's a promise for you. Now, we're not going to understand God's ways. He makes that very clear. But that is tremendous hope. And psychologically speaking, humans need hope. And the Bible is a book of hope and faith. It's incredible. It's incredible. A third reason is God wants to give you a good future and hope. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I don't know about you, but I'm highly ambitious. Recently, I realized I struggle with greed and that has been pruned out in the last six months. I think so. I don't know it's a it's a hidden little thingy, but I'm continuing to work on it. I'm continuing to reduce my selfish desires and learn how to be selfless and more like Christ each and every day. It's a it's a sanctification process. And one thing that I've learned that also gives me hope and so I want to share it because I hope it gives you hope too, is some days when I feel really frazzled and really uncertain about my business because entrepreneurship is not for the weak of heart. You can't force clients to sign up with you, right? When I feel frustrated, when I feel slightly depressed and down, I remember this verse. And I remember that, you know what, right now in this catastrophe of depression and well is me thinking and negativity, I feel like I have no future. I feel like I have no hope. But then I'm reminded by Jeremiah 29:11, And I'm like, oh, you know what, I can hold on to that truth that there is going to be a good future that's going to be filled with hope. His plans are so good. A fourth reason is he calms an anxious heart. And I think it's fair to say that anxiety and depression, because if you have depression, you're going to have anxiety. If you have anxiety, you might have depression. In today's world, we're getting more and more anxious and depressed people. I struggle with anxiety issues. I'm much better than I was years ago. Again, this is kind of the byproduct of when your brother tries killing you your whole life, I've decided. And on days where I'm anxious or afraid or stressed out or excited or anything where I get that anxiety feeling, I immediately say Colossians 3.15, which is, I let the peace of God into my heart and I refuse to worry about anything. Instead, I give him all of my anxieties. So it's Colossians 3.15 and 1 Peter 5.7. And I love it. Like, it's amazing how much that will soothe my heart. And sometimes I forget about this. So you do have to be intentional. But the Holy Spirit's inside of you he will guide you. A fifth reason is he will never abandon you nor forsake you. This verse was so helpful for me when I was walking out of fear of man. Number 6. He supplies every need of yours. This is Philippians 4:19. This verse took me some time to trust because I really struggled with a fear of poverty. And I will tell you, it is amazing, especially if you tithe and give. It's amazing how God supplies every need of yours. He's not always going to supply it the way you want. And he will usually use people to help because, you know, we're in the business of people and you are blessed to be a blessing. But he will supply every single need of yours. Now, you might have to have a hard talk with yourself about what's a need and what's a want, but you can trust God. He's got you. Number seven, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. It's so true. In fact, whenever you feel tempted, there's always a way out. Now, temptation is hard. We're going to sin. It's part of life, unfortunately. Thank God we have Jesus, right? Don't become sin conscious. But remember that if you're struggling with an addiction or consistently doing sin, there's always a way out. And remember, God's going to change your heart, especially if you want him to. There's sometimes a walking out season. So remember, he's got you. He's got you. Number eight. He cares for you so much. Isn't that amazing? Like there are times, especially when I was younger and I was really insecure and I was dating jerk faces, for lack of a better word, I would get so afraid that I wasn't cared for or loved. I could be a little neurotic if I'm being honest. A lot of women are like this where they make their partner their Messiah. And one thing that helped me was learning how to accept God's love, learning that, man, he cares for me so much that I can sit here and I can list out my anxieties. And like when I get excited about something, he gets excited about something and we can share that communion. And I just want to encourage you that he is your biggest cheerleader. He cares for you so much. He wants you to succeed. But remember, his definitions of success and what he wants your life to look like might be very different because a lot of humans have very worldly definitions. And one thing as a believer is you're going to have to learn how to renew your mind to think like Christ and to want his stuff, right? And by the way, it's way more satisfying. Now, number nine, this one's awesome. And I'm going to read a verse because it's so powerful. It comes from 2 Timothy 1.7. He did not give you fear or timidity. He gave you power, love, and self-discipline. Understand that if you struggle with fear, that's from the devil. 1 John 4.18 says that perfect love casts out all fear. Remember, if you struggle with fear... It is a sign that you have not been perfected by God's love, which is a sanctification process. So we're not there overnight. It takes time. But remember that when you have fear, you can cast it away. You can tell the devil to go. He has to listen because God, the strongest power in the world, gave you power, his power, gave you love, and gave you self-discipline. And really what this is saying, because if you notice, it's power, love, and self-discipline, which is three things. He's saying he gave you the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? So beautiful. This Bible is the most interesting book in the world to me. The last one is he is a merciful God, and he does not want to destroy you. He doesn't want to destroy you. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you life so badly that he allowed his only son to die in a criminal's death, right? Back then, crucifixion was through that criminal death. Now play with me for a second. I want you to think about the thing you love the most in this world. I'm going to be honest, and I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings. It's my dog, Moo Moo. I love my dog, Moo Moo. Um, I'm getting a little choked up as I talk about it. Like, what's wrong with me, Liz? Anywho, it's the Liz Show. I can be weird and silly. Just imagine taking the thing you love the most and watching it suffer. Knowing that that suffering is going to be the most painful thing humanity will ever experience that a person could ever experience because you got to remember when jesus was on the cross he took cancer he took all of the sin right like they say that he became completely disfigured because of all of the sin that went into his body so he suffered greatly and imagine watching that thing you love the most so i'm going to personalize it so imagine me watching mumu suffer And I have the ability to do something about it. And I don't because me not doing something about it saves humanity. Me doing something about it hurts humanity. That is love. I mean, that is, I don't know if I could do it. I'm going to be honest. Sorry, guys. I don't know if I could crucify my dog for you guys to have life. I'd have to have a real long talk with God about that. However, that's what God did for us that's pretty powerful. So think about your child. Think about your partner, whoever you love the most. Think about your dog or cat if you're like me. Whoever you love the most, imagine watching them suffer, knowing you could do something about it, but you don't because of what the byproduct will produce. One thing that helped me was aggregating objective data. So when it came to trusting God and reasons to why I should trust God, I just started to really aggregate data. I'm a data junkie. I like to research. Now, I was blessed to know many strong Christians, and I admired and I looked up to them. And I started to notice how these Christians could give personal testimony to God's trustworthiness. He saved their souls and was using these people for his purpose. So I chose to believe he'd do the same for me. When you start walking with God, you're going to have to take leaps of faith. Man, you could even skip a little if you wanted. In the meantime, as I was learning how to trust and learn God's faith in ways, I just leveraged my elders' faith because I had some awesome elders who had really high, high faith. And when you're a baby, you depend on your caregivers to provide for you for like the first two years of your life. And guess what? It's the same when you become a born again Christian. The life cycle of humanity is also very connected to the life cycle of becoming a born-again Christian. It doesn't matter how old you are. When you first accept Christ and you start living a godly life, you're ultimately a babe in Christ. You're a newborn. And like all human development, there's that spiritual development again, right? Now, as a babe in Christ, you're going to have to trust your elder's faith. So please trust mine. God will show up. In fact, you can even ask him, hey, God, show up in my life right now. I need answers. I need to know you're real. Talk to him. There's nothing you can say that would scare God. And I'm going to be honest because we're supposed to share our sin to a degree, right? I've cussed God out. I'm not proud of this. I've apologized greatly. I share that to let you know that you can talk to God. You can talk to him. Don't cuss him out, though. Don't follow my lead on that one. I'm just being honest, guys. And as you grow into a toddler and a teenager and so forth, you'll experience more and more of his grace and his faithfulness and his goodness. Now, likewise, I promise you that if you read and study the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to work in your heart, oh my gosh, you can grow even faster. Remember, keep seeking God. And if you first seek the kingdom of heaven, all things will be given to you. I hope you have some insight and maybe a new perspective even to why you can trust God. And I hope you put some of this into practice. Now, next week, we are going to talk about another way you can trust God. So I hope you are excited for it. And please subscribe, leave a review, send me an email. And by the way, stay tuned because if you're not on my email list, get on my email list because I'm going to be releasing a new little thing that I'm excited about. It's called How to Snap Out of Worry. And it's a step-by-step guide that is both psychologically, neuroscience, and biblically sound that will help you get fully free from worry and even fear if you use it in that type of way as well. So make sure you stay on alert for the Snap Out of Worry how-to guide. I'm really excited about it. And in the meantime, guys, go and create a great day. Remember, you're amazing and I'm rooting for you.